Welcome. My name is Caleb, and you are listening to the Vitamin C Podcast. So I just saw a movie today, which I typically do when I record these, and I had kind of an interesting experience at the theater, but I don't think I'm going to get into that right away. First off, I'll just say I saw the movie Champions, which for those unfamiliar, Champions is a comedy film directed by Bobby Ferrelli, who some people might know as the brother of Peter Ferrelli, or I guess they know the Ferrelli brothers together. So the Ferrelli brothers directed a bunch of comedies over the years. They did Dumb and Dumber. That's probably their biggest hit. They did There's Something About Mary. They have Shallow Hal and a handful of other movies. Some of their movies are very funny and some are not so funny, especially in recent years. They have a lot of movies that are not so funny. But this movie was just the one brother. It's just Bobby Ferrelli. And it stars Woody Harrelson, Caitlin Olsen, and then a bunch of actors and actresses who you have probably never heard of. And I actually looked through a bunch of them and sure enough, they are not in anything outside of this movie. One other guy who people might recognize in this cast, though, is Ernie Hudson, who I know as Winston from Ghostbusters. I was staring at the entire movie thinking, I know this guy from somewhere. Where do I know this guy? And then I looked it up afterwards and I said, oh, it's Winston from Ghostbusters, which I have not watched the Ghostbusters movies in forever. But even if I had, he is much younger in those movies than he is in this movie. Anyway, the plot of Champions is that Woody Harrelson plays a character named Marcus Markovich. His last name's not important. I'll just call him Marcus or I'll call him Woody Harrelson. You'll hear me call him both, but just know if I say Marcus, I'm talking about Woody Harrelson. And if I say Woody Harrelson, I'm talking about Woody Harrelson. But Marcus is a semi-professional basketball coach because he coaches for this J-League team in Iowa, which in real life, there is no J-League. There is the G-League, but I guess in this movie, they did not have the permission to use the term G-League, so they went with J-League. I said, okay, fine. I can accept that. But he is serving as an assistant on this J-League team, and basically during a game, he is getting annoyed with the head coach because he feels that their best player is sitting on the bench And it's a game where they could really use this guy because he's their best scorer. And he keeps nagging the coach saying, hey, why isn't this guy playing? Hey, why isn't this guy playing? And the coach is kind of just icing him out. And then with a few seconds left in the game, their team needs a bucket. They're down a point. And their coach says, okay, here's the play. And he draws up a play. And quite honestly, you guys may not know this, but some of you do. I know basketball really, really well. I've been watching it my entire life. I played it for a very long time. And I still watch it to this day. And so I know a lot of the X's and O's of the game. I know how to play the game. And that's why these basketball movies are not always fun for me. Because one, I think a lot of sports movies in general are just shot pretty poorly. That it's kind of bland how they're shot. It's always the same camera angles, especially with basketball movies. Same camera angles over and over again, and you're watching the same plays happen over and over again, just in different variations, and it's just kind of dull, and it's not very engaging. And the other thing is that it's so obvious that stuff is choreographed, you know, where it's, hey, this player's going to drive this way and lay it up, and so guys kind of just step out of the way. 
they play this matador defense because it's a movie and the guy needs to score. But I'm like, yeah, but it's so fake. I can tell it's fake. Maybe the average Joe can't tell that it's fake, but I can. It doesn't feel authentic. Like the intensity of the game is just not there for most of these movies. Granted, nobody was going to see Champions to watch some electrifying basketball action necessarily. That's just something that was bothering me where this guy draws up a play and it's the worst play ever where I just thought, did the people making this movie, did Bobby Ferelli or the guy that wrote this movie ever sit in on a single huddle in a basketball game? Because they don't talk like this and this isn't the type of play they draw up. And if they did draw up a play, that's not how they draw it up because it's like, yeah, you're going to pass it here. You're going to pass it here. And then you're going to drive in and dunk it. Well, that's not at all how you drop a play (laughs) where there's one decisive thing to do at the end because typically you say, all right, we're going to run this action. This player is going to be here. This player is going to be here. The best shot is we want X player to be open for three or we want X player to have the ball in his hands with the option to drive or pass it off to his big or kick it out to the shooter. Basically, there are multiple options for a late game play. And one of the only sure things is what sets you're going to be running and who is going to have the ball in their hands to make these late game decisions. And even then, you might call that out and they do something completely unpredictable on defense where you just have to blow it up and improvise. But at the same time, it is a movie, but it just drove me insane where it's, yeah, this player is going to pass it here, you right here, and then you're going to go in and dunk it. It's like, really? And sure enough, it shows it later because first, Woody Harrelson says, that's a stupid play. We should be running this play. And he gets into it with the coach, ends up shoving the coach because the coach won't listen to him. And then he walks off the court, gets booed by the fans because everyone saw him shove the head coach. And it's on Sports Center. They're making fun of him on Sports Center. And they show the final play that was run. And sure enough, a guy just ran at the hoop and tried to dunk it when there was somebody right in front of the hoop. And he gets blocked on the dunk attempt. And I thought, what a stupid play. I would have committed assault too if I were Woody Harrelson's character, Marcus, in this movie. Because that was such an offensive play to run in that scenario. And the audacity to say it's going to be a dunk was just crazy to me. But yeah, basically, he loses it on the coach because he says, this is the play we should run. And the coach says, hey, it's my team. Step off, which the head coach is right. Even though he might be an idiot, he is right. It is his team. But Marcus loses his job. He's on Center, and they are making fun of him. And it's Scott Van Pelt and Jalen Rose which is another thing that drives me insane, is the way that they're talking. It's nothing like the way that they talk in real life. And it's partially because Jalen Rose must be the worst actor of all time because I thought, dude, how hard is it to just say the stuff you would normally say on your show every day just for this movie? Like, is it that hard to just read lines off a screen and be yourself? You're just playing yourself. But yeah, Jalen Rose, for his brief role in this movie, sucks ass. And Scott Van Pelt is Scott Van Pelt. I don't mind Scott Van Pelt. He's fine. And the movie's not about them in fairness. They have two scenes. So I am being a little nitpicky by critiquing the two of them, but whatever. 
So you get the idea, though. They are clowning him on TV after he's lost his job, and he is at a bar, and he's drinking, and then he hops in the car, takes a drive home, and he ends up rear-ending this cop car while these cops are in the process of frisking these guys on the street. He just rams into the back of their cop car while drunk, and as a result, he gets sentenced to 90 days of community service. The community service that he is being assigned is to go to this local community center and coach a team of people with intellectual disabilities, which on its surface is a decent idea for a movie. And this is apparently an American remake of a Spanish film, I believe it was. So it's a good idea, not an original one, but I guess original for America, where it's a copy of a foreign film that was probably better than this one. But on its surface, it seems like it would work because you say this is a good idea for a movie. You have Woody Harrelson as the lead man in the movie. It's directed by one of the Ferrelli brothers. So it should be funny. And you got the perfect lead man for the film. And here's what I'll say. It is funny in moments. I think this movie struggles to consistently land with its comedy. And it's partially because they didn't really know how to operate with the comedy in this film. And it's because the Frelli brothers, and in this case, just Bobby, Bobby is from a different era of comedy movies. Most of his comedy movies in the last decade, him and his brother, they were not very good and they were not received very well. So I think in the first place, they don't really know what people find funny anymore. But I also think that Bobby didn't know how to tastefully incorporate humor into this movie because of the fact a majority of the characters are people with intellectual disabilities. I think he wanted to make jokes with them without making jokes about them. And I think they mostly do a decent job with that. But there are also moments where it's just a little bit clumsy, where I don't know how tastefully it's done. There's one in particular early in the film where Woody Harrelson uses the R word, and it's kind of played for laughs where he doesn't really know that that's not the word to use because he says it in the courtroom and his lawyer's like, oh, that's a no-no word. And there were maybe a couple chuckles in my audience, but I don't think the joke really landed with most people. But other than that, I don't think that there are too many jokes made at the expense of these characters. I think these characters are funny for the most part in ways where it doesn't feel like you're laughing at them, but kind of laughing with them or laughing in the circumstances that they're in. Because clearly Marcus, Woody Harrelson's character, is struggling to connect with them and struggling to communicate with them at times. And I think that can be very funny. Because one of the main things about Marcus is that he's not a people person. Matter of fact, the coach that he pushed at the beginning of the movie is apparently a longtime friend of his. And he bails him out of jail and basically says, hey, yeah, you're out of the job. And he explains to him, hey, this kid who you kept saying should have been playing, it was like his mother or grandmother had just died. And he said, so there's no way his head could have been in the game. And to me, ball is life, wouldn't affect me. But... In this case, he's just saying to Marcus, you don't get human beings. You know everything there is to know about basketball, but you don't connect with human beings. And that's why you have bounced around from coaching job to coaching job. 
despite being a very good coach when it comes to the X's and O's. And for those reasons, I think that this movie could have worked really well because he is assigned to coach a team full of people that are largely misunderstood and I think mistreated by a lot of society to this very day. And for a character like Woody Harrelson's who struggles to connect with human beings and struggles to communicate with human beings in a thoughtful and respectful manner, the scenario that he's in is kind of the perfect way for him to experience the character arc necessary. And truthfully, this movie does have some very good moments. But I have mentioned the word clumsy, and I would stand by that, that it is kind of clumsy at times, not just with the humor, but also with the plot, where it just feels like every sports movie cliche or feel-good movie cliche is thrown into the movie, where every bit of conflict that you would expect in a movie like this ends up arising. For example, Woody Harrelson is seeing a woman in this movie, and by seeing her, I mean they are just hooking up. So it is the sister of one of the players on his team. And the sister, her name is Alex, and she is played by Caitlin Olsen, who I am a huge fan of. Caitlin Olsen is D on the show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and she is hilarious on that show. And I think she is funny in this movie, and to me, the best overall character. Because just about every character feels like they are written okay, they get their moment to shine, but I thought Alex was the best developed overall and that Caitlin Olsen gave the best performance in the movie. She had the most nuanced character, I suppose is the word I'm looking for. And Woody Harrelson's character Marcus is good too, but it's kind of just being Woody Harrelson, which is never a bad thing. It's always entertaining. I really love Woody Harrelson, but there's not an incredible amount of depth for his character and his character arc basically goes exactly as you would expect it to go. But like I was saying, there is this subplot in the movie where Marcus and Alex are hooking up. And so, of course, in any scenario, something would happen that comes between Marcus and Alex, where even though they're casually hooking up, maybe it ends up being a little more serious. And then there's that moment in the movie where you say, this may not work out between the two of them, and it's going to create this bit of conflict for the rest of the movie. And there are a few other things, though, where it's like, oh, the team is going to go play in the championship game, but oh, they can't afford to go there. Or, oh, this guy is the best player on the team, but he doesn't want to play on the team. So there are all these things in the movie that I thought, wow, I am used to seeing these in a movie, but this kind of checks off every single one of these conflicts in a sports movie. Because the other thing is while he's doing this community service, he is trying to get a job in the NBA. So the second his community service is over, he can bolt for an NBA job, which considering how attached his team gets to him creates another bit of conflict of, well, if he gets a job, that's good for him, but they're going to hate him for that. And obviously, there's going to be another character moment there. So I don't know. It just felt like every single cliche there could have been, every single plot point that you're used to finding in these types of movies, any that you might expect is in this movie. And some of them, it's very brief, like where it's, oh, we can't afford to go on this trip to the championship game. So our hopes are dashed and it's resolved in like five minutes. 
And there are a few other ones where it's resolved in like five minutes. And then there are ones that go through the course of the whole movie. But I don't know, it felt like it was trying to take on a bit too much. And I think because it had all these subplots, it felt a bit longer than it should have. Granted, this movie was just about two hours in length. And I felt that it was a little too long. I'm not usually a runtime guy. I have complained about the runtime of a handful of movies on this podcast. You guys have heard me do that, where sometimes I say this movie felt about 10 minutes too long, 15 minutes too long. And this one, I just think they probably could have cut at least one subplot and made the movie 10 minutes shorter, and it would have been an improvement over what we got. And the other thing I'll say is that people largely have liked this movie thus far. I gave my rating on Letterboxd after seeing it. I'm not going to share that with you guys. I'm just sharing my overall thoughts. I'm not going to share a specific rating. But I immediately looked at some other websites to see what people thought of it. And this had a very high audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. And I thought, huh, seems like the people seeing this are really liking it. And it's not that I disliked it. I just didn't really love it. And I felt like it was kind of sloppy. And overall, the biggest thing that I'll say about it is that this movie feels like it is caught between two types of films. And that would be the typical R-rated edgy comedy where there are a lot of jokes where you say, I feel bad laughing at that, or it's just completely raunchy, where you were expecting something like that, maybe, if you heard the concept of this movie, you wanted to see it. And I feel like it teases at that kind of stuff, but never really goes all in. But on the other side, it feels like this feel-good family comedy. But the problem is there's too much stuff in this to make it not a feel-good family comedy. Like the subplot of Marcus and Alex being friends with benefits and hooking up throughout the movie, I thought, well, you couldn't really take your kid to see this because then you got to explain what sex is and friends with benefits and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's just a little bit too mature to be a family comedy, but it's also not mature enough to be an adult comedy. So it's kind of caught in between. And I think that the best way to do it would have been more of a family comedy, feel good comedy. You could have afforded a few crude jokes here and there. Sure. Where one of the characters just says something that's not really okay because they don't have much of a filter and they might be repeating something they don't fully understand, which there is that type of humor in this movie. And that's fine. You can get away with that in a family comedy. But I just feel there was a little bit too much for it to be that type of comedy, but also not enough for it to be this adult comedy. So it's kind of caught in between those two types of movies. Like one movie I think handles this really well is The Peanut Butter Falcon with Shia LaBeouf, where I think it is very heartwarming, it is funny, and it tackles some of the stuff that this movie does, but just a lot better and a lot more tastefully. This one felt like it was caught somewhere between The Ringer and Peanut Butter Falcon with how it handled some of its material, and it's not really a good thing. It just felt like the guys in charge didn't really know how to handle some of the themes of this movie and the comedy overall in this movie. But hey, it feels like I'm talking really bad about this, and it's mostly just because I think it could have been a lot better than it was. But I want to shout out some of the cast members, some of the players on the team. There is a player, this is the one girl on the team, Constantino, who is played by Madison Tevlin, 
And she is a standout performer in this movie, does a very good job. She is the really aggressive, really competitive teammate that always gets the guys fired up and honestly is the heart and soul of the team once she joins the team. And I think she does a really great job. Then Joshua Felder plays Darius, who is the best player on the team for sure, but he is one of the subplots of the movie where he doesn't want to play for the team, doesn't want to play for the team, and they don't really know why. And so that's a big part of the plot. Then Kevin Iannucci plays Johnny, who is the brother of Caitlin Olsen's character, Alex. And Johnny is super funny in this film and probably has some of the most character work out of all the players. Then there's Ashton Gunning, who plays Cody. He doesn't get too much to do, but He can shoot, man. I'm telling you, when they were playing the games, anytime Cody had the ball, I knew it was about to splash. Pretty much just chucked up threes. And that's another thing that drives me insane is I'm watching these games and I say, okay, why is every shot a bank shot? Like every three-point shot, every two-point shot went off the glass. I'm telling you guys, that doesn't happen often. I mean, it happens around the rim. Of course, you always use backboard when you're within like six feet of the rim. But every three-point shot was banking in in this movie. And I said, okay, very few people bank in three-point shots. It's such a long shot that if you hit the backboard, it's going to take a hard bounce off the rim after that. Like You have to perfectly shoot it into the backboard for the shot to bank in from three. So that drove me insane. It was like every shot was a bank shot, every three-point shot. And I thought, oh my gosh, it is way harder to bank in a three than it is to just make a three. Like, do you guys watch basketball? Come on. Then there is Matthew Vondera. I don't know how to pronounce that name, but he plays Craig. Craig is funny. Craig is always talking about his girlfriend in the movie or his girlfriends, but all the other guys are saying, no, it's the same girl. She just does her hair different and he thinks it's two different girls. Tom Sinclair plays Blair. Blair does... Next to nothing in this movie, doesn't really say anything the whole time. Blair's just there. He's just vibing. James Day Keith plays Benny. James Day Keith, who interestingly, I looked it up, and in real life, he is a Special Olympics athlete, and he competes in multiple things. So I thought that was actually pretty cool. And while I'm saying this, just about every single one of these players on the team in this film, they don't have any other movies to their filmography. This was their first movie. I believe two of the players had a few other projects, but they were not major projects. It was just them appearing on some random TV show or in some random movie. Then Alex Hintz plays Arthur, who again, don't really know much about. Casey Metcalf plays Marlon, who is a pretty funny character. And then Bradley Edens plays Showtime, who may be my least favorite character in this movie. Not really. He's fine, but... He drove me insane. As a basketball player and fan, he drove me insane. And the main reason he drove me insane is because his whole thing is that he takes backwards granny shots. They're like, oh, his specialty is taking these half-court shots backwards. And you see him take them, and he just misses all of them so badly because he can't see what he's shooting at. And it actually leads to one of my least favorite moments in the history of sports movies, this particular thing. But Woody Harrelson, Marcus, keeps trying to get him to shoot facing the hoop because he's got a much better chance of making it if he can actually see the hoop, no matter what, he turns around and throws it backwards. And 
he ends up doing this at a very key point in the movie. And the thing is, when they are describing how he's a specialist at this, Woody Harrelson pulls the character Marlon aside and says, hey, has he ever actually made this shot? And Marlon said, in my three years of knowing him, I've never seen this shot even touch the rim. And then he says, but he's due. And so I thought, okay, at some point in this movie, by some fluke chance, it's going to be at the biggest moment in the movie, he is going to take this shot and he's actually going to make it because he was due to make one. And sure enough, there is a big moment in this movie where he takes this shot. And I'll just say, it is one of my least favorite moments in the history of sports movies because he doesn't freaking make it. (laughs) It makes you think he will, but he doesn't. And they lose the game, but it touches the rim. And they're like, oh, well, that's great. It touched the rim. And me, as a competitive guy, and a guy who is watching that saying, no, it's a terrible shot. Don't take the shot. And he takes it. And I say, well, because it's a movie, it's going to go in. And he is due for one. And then hits the rim and misses. I went, oh, come on. I'd be throwing a chair on the court if I were the head coach. (laughs) Like I told you a million times not to take this shot the way you're taking it. And then you took it in the most key moment of the game. Oh, boy. (laughs) It pissed me off so bad. Like that and then the scene in Grown Ups where Adam Sandler intentionally misses the shot at the end of the game. And it's because they're playing against a team of guys that they've basically just owned in basketball for years and years and they've never let it go. So Adam Sandler intentionally misses the shot at the end of the film so that this guy can win finally because it's Adam Sandler and his son and then this guy and his son that they're playing and he misses the shot and his son's like, oh, how did that happen? And Adam Sandler plays it off like, I don't know, I just missed. And everyone there is like, he never misses that shot, but he missed it on purpose so the other guy could finally win. And I hate that so much. Just make the shot, dude. This guy was talking all that junk all week. But that's the thing. Anyone who's ever played basketball with me, or really any sport, but especially basketball, you know I'm pretty competitive. I like to win. I don't like to lose. And if you were talking trash to me or anything like that, and I beat you, I'm going to let you know it. And I'm never going to let you forget that. I'll just say I've had my share of altercations and beef with people throughout the years playing sports and uh hey what can you do i like to win so that's why when i see those moments in movies where it's like i'm gonna let the other guy win i say you know what you don't actually care about this sport like it's insulting if you were on the receiving end of that by the way where it's like yeah we won but you know that guy missed the sean purpose and grown-ups they don't know that he missed it on purpose but usually you know when somebody let you win Sometimes when people suck really bad, though, they don't know, which is why I made that mistake one time. I was playing with a kid and I was letting him keep even with me, basically, in basketball. I wasn't like trying to block his shot or anything like that. And we're just going by ones and twos to 11. And I beat him like 11 to eight. And he's like, oh, you barely beat me. And I'm this old. And I went, "Okay, let's run it back then. Let's run it back. Because he was going and telling everybody running around saying, oh, yeah. He's supposed to be good at basketball. He barely beat me, and I'm like seven years old. All right, little shit, let's go again. And I don't think I've ever embarrassed a kid worse in my life. Because not only did I beat him 11-0, I made sure he didn't even get a shot like two feet over his head before I blocked that. I was posting him up every play, like trucking him over like I'm Giannis. I was like, yeah, dude. Don't talk to me like that. 
And I let him hear it for like the rest of the night. I was like, yeah, man, who'd you think you were? You think I didn't let you score those eight points? And the thing is, it, it would have been fine if it was just him, but it was that other people had joined in. They're like, whoa, you almost let a kid beat you? I was like, guys, come on. Like, you know, I was not going 100%. They're like, oh, yeah, sure, sure. It's like, okay, okay, let's run it back, kid. Let's run it back. Kid never wanted to play ball with me ever again. I don't blame him. But yeah, that's the thing. Letting someone win is downright insulting, but sometimes people are so bad that they don't know. And to me, that's worse, where it's like they'll get up in your face. And I don't have the humility or the maturity to be like, you know what? Let them think that they won. Let them think that they won it on their own. For me, it's like, no, the truth matters. I don't want someone believing lies about me. If someone were to believe that if I let them win, that they're like, yeah, I'm now better than him. And they start flaunting it everywhere. I'd be like, okay, guess what? You're not better than me. I let you win. And I am willing to settle the score right now to prove that. But I feel like I'm getting a little off track here. So I'll just say, yeah, this movie is funny, but not great. And it's not even that funny. It's kind of funny. And it does have some solid emotional moments. And I find Woody Harrelson entertaining and everything. And like I said, Caitlin Olsen does a really good job in this movie. And I hope to see her in more big screen movies going forward because she is a very funny, talented actress. But overall, this movie just did not really work for me. I think if you guys are looking to check it out, then, you know, you could give it a shot. Maybe you'll like it more than I did. Based on the scores that I'm seeing on different websites, it seems that most people have liked this movie, that I'm kind of in the minority that just wasn't crazy over it. I thought it was just, meh. And I went in really wanting to like this. The other random thing that I'll say before I cap this off is that I was trying to see a matinee showing of this movie. I was free all day, so I said, okay, there is a 1.15 showtime. And I clicked on the 1.15 showtime and the theater was completely sold out. It was a very small theater because one of the AMCs by my house is a very small theater. There are only 12 auditoriums. One is an IMAX, and then there are two larger theaters, and then the rest are medium to very small. So this one only seats about 26, but it was completely sold out. And I thought, well, that's odd. This movie's been out for two weekends now, and it's a random Tuesday at 1.15. How could this be sold out? And I mean, even the handicapped seats were taken, and then the seats at the very front of the theater. I thought, wow, all of them? And then I looked and there was a 3.30 showtime. And again, it was the same. It was sold out entirely. And so I had to find another showtime in a different theater and it was at four. And I said, I really wanted to do this earlier in the day, but fine, I'll do four. And I got an okay seat. It was maybe like a third of the way full when I got my seat. And then I was watching this other showtime, the 3.30 one, because I really wanted to go to that one instead. And then randomly a seat just became available where someone must have canceled their ticket for the movie shortly before the movie. So I said, okay, and I got that seat and I went to see it at 3.30. I walk into the theater and actually as I'm walking up to the theater, there are a bunch of old people, like a herd of them walking out of the theater. I went, what are all these old people doing here? Like, that's kind of strange. I mean, not that old people don't see movies, but not that big of a crowd of them. It's like, did they have some special like bingo night here? Or I don't know, was there a special showing of some old ass movie in one of these theaters? I have no idea. But I walk into my theater and it is all old people, like really old. And they kind of looked at me like 
I didn't belong there, which I was like, well, maybe I don't. I don't know why you guys are all here. Is this old person day at AMC? I didn't see anything on their calendar for that. But randomly during this movie, some random guy with dementia or Alzheimer's, one of those, I don't know, he walked into the theater and was just like wandering around the theater trying to find his seat. And this is like an hour and a half into this two hour movie. And I was thinking, this guy has no idea where he is. And again, it's a very old guy. And then randomly he finds this spot available in the very front of the theater and he squeezes by some people, and I hear him talking to himself too, where he's like, no, that's not my seat. No, that's not right. And then he goes and sits at the front of this theater, and he says something to the person next to him and reclines in his seat, and I thought, oh, maybe this guy was sitting up front and I just didn't notice him walk out and walk back in. I don't know, because it's a small theater. I kind of saw everyone when they were walking in and out. I thought maybe I just missed this guy when he walked out earlier, and so he's walking back in now and just Got confused of where he was sitting, I guess. But then he's saying stuff to the people next to him, and they're saying stuff to him. And then he gets back up, and then he wanders out of the theater. But I see like he's struggling to find the exit and stuff. And I thought, wow, there must be more old people in this theater. And this guy probably was watching a movie in a different theater. Maybe he was with his wife or some people. Got to use the bathroom, and then wandered back into the wrong theater and was just too confused and old to know that he wandered into the wrong theater, probably didn't even know what movie he was watching, and then just stumbled into an open seat thinking, yeah, this must be my seat, because it's the only open seat in the entire theater. But this wasn't the movie that you were watching. I felt honestly bad, and it distracted me for a good five minutes of the movie, because I'm watching this guy wander around the theater, then I see him sit down, then I'm seeing him talk to the people, and I'm hearing him, And then I see him get back up and I'm just thinking, wow, this poor guy has no idea where he is. And he almost had to sit through the same movie I just sat through. (laughs) Sounds bad. It's not actually, it's not a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. It's okay. But like I said, it's just kind of sloppy. It's not one that I would see again, I don't think. But honestly, if you guys were curious to see this movie, I would not personally pay money to see it in theaters, but maybe when it's available on streaming later on. It's one that you could give a shot to if you really were interested in seeing this. You might enjoy it more than I did because it seems like most people did. The theater around me was laughing a lot harder at the jokes by about the midway point of the movie where they kind of got the rhythm of the movie. I think they started to find it a lot funnier. And truly, some of the jokes, they did make me laugh. It was funny. It just wasn't hilarious to me. But I think if you found it hilarious, you'd probably enjoy the movie. So that's my thoughts on the movie Champions. So if you've seen it, feel free to reach out and tell me your thoughts about it if you disagree with my thoughts. Otherwise, I would just wait for it to hit streaming if you are interested in seeing it. But that's all I got for today. Next time you guys tune in, I will be talking all about John Wick Chapter 4, which I am really excited to see and talk all about with you guys. So stay safe in the meantime. You'll hear from me again next week.